Leading cloud infrastructure platform Databricks raises $500 million in latest round. The major cyber attack on Vegas casinos is still not resolved a week later, and TikTok has been fined $368 million for violating children's data privacy. I'm Jackson Fordyce, and this is Venture Daily. Databricks, a leading cloud infrastructure platform that offers AI solutions at scale, is now valued at $43 billion after its most recent raise of half a billion dollars. The primary capital round totaling $500 million announced last Thursday was led by T. Rowe Price and was joined by NVIDIA, Capital One Ventures, and many big players including A16Z, Fidelity, and Tiger Global. According to Databricks CEO Ali Godsey, the fundraising round began after NVIDIA, the world's leading chipmaker, expressed interest in the growing AI startup. Databricks, which acquired large language model training startup Mosaic ML in June for $1.3 billion, now has more than 6,000 employees. That's twice as many as it had only two years ago when Databricks last raised funding. To dive deeper into the company's big $500 million round, I spoke with Rick Salisbury. Hi, this is Rick Salisbury. I'm founder and GP at Cambrian Ventures, fintech pre-seed investing. Rex, can you explain specifically what Databricks does as a company and why every big venture firm is looking to join and raising a round for it, including A16Z, GIC, and Tiger Global, who all joined the most recent funding round? Databricks is a leading analytics and AI platform, um, one of the standout companies to come out of the Bay Area in you know, the last decade. And so to see a marquee company and a marquee name like this raise just gives a lot of confidence in the fact that you know late-stage venture might be coming back, which is awesome. It's reported that Databricks raised the $500 million round upon inbound interest from NVIDIA, the world's largest chip maker. Why do you think NVIDIA wanted Databricks to raise more capital? I think uh, NVIDIA doesn't necessarily want Databricks to raise more capital, but they do want to have a seat at the table for some of the most interesting companies that are leveraging their core architectures. Got it. That makes sense. Do you think Databricks is eyeing the public market? And if so, does this round of fundraising delay a potential IPO for the company? Yeah, if you look at this round, you'll notice that it has a bunch of investors. So it has some of the traditional crossover investors who tend to come in when someone is eyeing an IPO. Uh, but they also have some great late stage names like BioFlurm uh, and Dreesen Horowitz. And then they have a few strategics uh, like NVIDIA, who you mentioned, I think Capital One Ventures uh, as well came in. So that's a long way of saying, is this team up to go IPO? There's a little bit of that in the round. But again, as you mentioned, it was catalyzed by a strategic. Rex, do you think the timing of Databricks announcing the raise has anything to do with ARM's recent IPO? Uh, it, it's possible, but you know, a lot of times they're, they're coincidentals. I'm, I'm reminded of, uh, I interviewed Ken Lin, the founder of Credit Karma, and the day they announced their deal was the day that we announced the COVID shutdown as a country. So sometimes <laughs> things just happen at the same time. That was Rick Salisbury, founder and general partner at Cambrian Ventures. Thanks a lot, Rex. I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Thanks. Sound good. Have a good one. Two major Vegas casinos were hit by cybersecurity attacks last week, resulting in malfunctions and privacy breaches across their systems. Last Sunday, MGM Resorts discovered their security been breached after encountering malfunctions in their reservation system and with machines on their casino floors. Slot machines had gone dark and many guest room keys were not working, not only in Vegas properties, but also across other states in the U.S., including Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Mississippi, New Jersey, New York, and Ohio. The casino operator revealed the issues were caused by a cybersecurity breach and that they had shut down, quote, certain systems to protect data. And although MGM was able to recover dining, entertainment, and gaming operations late Monday night, their system malfunctions have not proved to be simple fixes. As of late last night, MGM's online reservation system is still down. Their website reads, Online hotel reservations are currently unavailable. 
For hotel reservations arriving September 13th through 24th, we understand your travel plans may have changed, so we are waiving change and cancellation fees. And MGM Resorts International is not the only group hit by the cyber attack. Caesars Entertainment, the biggest casino owner in the world, reported the two have been targeted by the cyber attack on Thursday. Caesars claims its casino and hotel computer systems did not experience disruptions, but the casino giant could not say with certainty whether or not the personal information of tens of millions of its guests was secure after the breach. A hacker group called Scattered Spider emerged on Thursday, claiming ownership of the attack on Caesars and claiming it had demanded a $30 million ransom fee. Not long after on Thursday, a different hacker group called Alv claimed that it was the true attacker of the casinos. As of now, it is still unclear who exactly is responsible for the breach. However, the method by which the hackers got into the casino systems is a little clearer. According to the AP, Tony Anscombe, the chief security official of the San Diego-based cybersecurity company ESET, said it appears the invasions may have been carried out as a socially engineered attack, meaning the hackers used tactics like a phone call, text messages, or phishing emails to breach the system. An FBI investigation was launched last week into the targeted attacks on major casino owners in Vegas as other casinos fear breaches to their security. Yu Huan Kim, a cyber science professor at UNLV, told the AP that, quote, if it happened to MGM, the same thing could happen to other properties too. Definitely more attacks will come. That's why they have to prepare. TikTok was fined an unprecedented amount of $368 million by European regulators on Friday for failing to protect children's personal information. Ireland's Data Protection Commission ruled that the app had violated the EU's General Data Protection Regulation, or GDPR. The DPC's inquiry conducted between July 2020 and December 2020 into TikTok found that the app had infringed upon articles of the GDPR in the following five ways. 1. The profile settings for child user accounts were set to public by default, meaning anyone on or off TikTok could view the content posted by the child user. 2. The app's family pairing setting allowed a non-child user, who could not be verified as the parent or guardian, to pair their account to a child user account. This allowed the non-child user to enable direct messages for child users above the age of 16, which posed severe possible risks to child users. 3. The fact that profile settings for child users were set to public by default also posed several possible risks to children under the age of 13 who gained access to the platform. 4. TikTok failed to provide sufficient transparency information to child users. And 5. TikTok implemented dark patterns by nudging users towards choosing more privacy-intrusive options during their registration process and when posting videos. The DPC ordered TikTok to address the violations within the next three months and fined the company $368 million. According to TikTok's European head of privacy, Elaine Fox, most of the settings issues had already been changed to comply with the GDPR long before the DPC's inquiry even began in 2020. Fox said in her statement, quote, We respectfully disagree with several aspects of the decision, particularly the level of the fine. She also noted that the company would continue to further strengthen protections for teenagers on TikTok. Thanks for tuning in to Venture Daily. Today's show is produced by Josiah Simons and Jackson Fordyce. Our theme song was created by Benjamin Cook. If you liked today's episode, please give us an honest review wherever you get your podcasts. I'll see y'all tomorrow morning.